Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. So welcome, everybody. Um, once again, please uh, call in and join the show. I'll put the link to the uh, show in the, um, in the comments for you guys to be able to get into throughout the night. But uh, guys, tons of stuff going on in the hobby this week. Um, I mean, there's <laughs> you, you've got a little bit of everything. So uh, where would you guys like to start this week? Because there's quite a bit going on. Well, I'd start with the official news on Tom Brady. I know on Saturday yeah. it broke, but it, it two days later or three days later, he made it official. Yeah. And what's going to be the most interesting thing is that during this boom period, we've never had a GOAT retire. Right. You know, we, we lost Kobe just before it began, but we have a Mount Rushmore player retiring. And yes. he was still on top of his game. I mean – the fact that Tampa Bay didn't win or Tampa didn't win the Super Bowl was not on Tom Brady. In fact, he helped no. a 24-point comeback. Almost did what he did against the Falcons in the Super Bowl a few years ago. If you're a Falcons fan, I apologize for that. If you're a Rams fan, congratulations. <laughs> and uh, we rarely see a player leave a game on his own terms. And it's really nice yeah. to see Tom Brady leaving on his own terms. And this won't have any impact on his card prices. He's on the Mount Rushmore. And the super yep. expensive cars of Tom Brady will still be super expensive. When was well, the yeah, last well, that... time that we had a true goat retire? Mm. Gretzky? I'm thinking. Yeah. I, I could say Maybe. Kobe. Kobe? I'd say Kobe. I mean, I would go with Kobe. Uh He's sitting here on my desk. I wish he was on display tonight, but I would go with Kobe for sure. Um, I think you you have to MJ for sure, obviously, but Gretzky yeah. would be one. Um, I mean, th- those would be the last couple. But I mean, it's like you guys have said, we're talking we're talking well over twenty years, you know, a good twenty years or so. So I mean, I, I forget exactly when Kobe retired. So a little less for Kobe, but it's been quite some time and. Definitely no one that had an impact on the sport quite like, I mean, for modern football, Tom Brady is is football. The New England Patriots are that team. They don't remember that the Patriot, the awful uh, decades of the Patriots beforehand. They they just know the Patriots. There's a whole generation of collectors that only know the Patriots as a dynasty that just win Super Bowls. So I mean, it's. It's definitely the first time for a lot of them. Yeah, possibly Jeter. Uh, that 70s show says Jeter. That's, you know, it's a good possibility. Brett Favre, That's I wouldn't crazy. necessarily sure. agree with, but, you know, to each his own. Um, but definitely Kobe, at least on my eyes. But so what do you guys think in terms of in terms of his retirement now, now that it is official, now that everything has come out, you know, what do you think his card values are going to be? Because, like, do you think that we're going to see, obviously with the retirement the announcement and everything, you'll probably see a, 
a bump for a short term. And then, you know, I, I think you'll see a pretty significant leveling off. But he's one of those rare players. He's a goat. He's one of those guys that is kind of the exception to the rule, if anything. So how do you see his cards, hand, you know, going through all of this? As a dealer, I think there's no impact. He's yeah. got enough of a 20-year legacy, 22-year legacy, yeah, 21-year legacy of playing that there'll be yeah. no impact on his cards. As I said, the only thing that might happen is some of the expensive cards will still be really expensive. Well, yeah, they'll keep going the up. Yeah. A little bit yeah. The market goes up, they'll go up. But your yeah. basic – and I'm just going to use a round number, so it, they may not sell for that much. But your basic $5 base Tom Brady card – Five years from now, will still be a base $5 Tom Brady card because people will want to get his, his cards. I, yeah. I saw people buying Joe Montana cards, or I did until I sold out a couple of weeks ago at the last Dallas card show. But people would still go through my boxes looking through Joe Montana cards. Brady, right. It would be the same thing with Brady. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Uh, the wait period for the Hall of Fame, was it six years? I think it's five. five yeah, so five years really? retirement on your sixth year eligible. Right, so, so twenty twenty seven, um, I believe, will yeah. be when Mr. Yeah. Brady will be. I, I think the pro. I think I scrolling through my Twitter feed, I actually saw a tweet from the Pro Football Hall of Fame that said, uh, "Congratulations, Tom Brady. We hope to see you here in twenty twenty seven. So sure, yeah." The yeah, thing with Brady really funky happens, we will see Tom Brady in, yeah. in 2027. The thing with Tom Brady is, is that I think he's the first goat level player to have a modern rookie card, a 21st century rookie card. And what I mean by that is a low numbered autographed rookie with multiple levels of parallels such as yeah. his contenders card, which is uh, autographed and limited to 300. Right. And in the uh, championship ticket parallel, which is serial number to 100. I think his is the first. Um, you mentioned Kobe. His rookies were 97, and they were just starting to mm -hmm. get into, like, the short-printed, gimmicked-up rookies that became – fashionable in the early 2000s so when, when you compare tom brady's rookies i don't think there's anything out there yet that that's comparable i mean can you really compare a tom brady playoff contenders rookie to i don't know can you compare it to the 52 tops mantle i think in this it's i not think autographic, for... it's not limited so I mean, I think for this era and everything, yes. I think, and for football, I think, I mean, I personally, in my opinion, I think I look at when Jude's older. I think when Jude's older and Jude's having a family and he's looking back on his lifetime, I think that's the person. I mean, he knew about Tom Brady for years as a kid growing up watching football. He was so excited when he retired because he knows we have to play him twice a year when he's in Tampa. So, I mean, like, it, everyone knows tom brady i expect him to absolutely be one of those guys that his some of his key cards and those significant cards and one of them especially is gonna end up being you know that that ultimate card yeah I, I, I don't think i i i'm 
making myself clear on this, we've never had a player that's had a rookie card as limited right, as right. Tom Brady's playoff contenders card. Yes. The one with a no production level, and that's autographed. The closest right. thing we might have in a different sport is an Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, I don't. He's got enough rookie cards. I suspect a couple of them are reasonably short printed, not to that level, but definitely Ovechkin rookie. And Ovechkin's in the top five in NHL in scoring right now. He's yeah. he's you know, and he's got a still a shot of the all time goals champion. You know, he can dethrone Gretzky, and it's he's got a shot. Oh, he's got a shot for sure. If he does that, then he's the other, then he's the 20th century hockey player, Mount Rushmore, you know, with a a 21st century rookie card. So I guess you could probably compare the playoff contenders, Brady to an Ovechkin, the cup. Would that be a fair comparison? I I would say so. Something like an SP Authentic, where, you know, or any serial numbered Ovechkin rookie. Yeah, I, I I would agree completely with the uh, the Ovi comparison's nice, but yeah, Chris, I agree. It is the first one with such a limited serial numbered, you know. That, the only other uh, card that I can think of from that era is the, uh, the Albert Pujols Bowman Chrome card. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if yeah, you consider Pujols a Chrome autograph to five hundred. That's the pretty good card, and I think Ichiro has some key. Has some 2001 cards yeah. too. I don't. I, I forgot if he, I don't think he had anything signed in 2001. I don't think Upper Deck got him to sign anything that year. I think it took. It actually, did. There's the SPX. SPX. Oh yeah, that's right. And yeah. then the Ultimate Collection, which is on card. So. But congratulations, Mr. Brady. Enjoy your retirement, and thank yes. you for all the all the joys you gave us. Yeah, thank uh, you for well, dropping all that the joys except, Super Bowl, so. except for the one Super Bowl that you beat my Panthers in, you know. Yeah, uh, no, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations, Mr. Hey, hey, Brady. It was our, it was our own fault. Hey, I'm a Giants fan. The, the Giants are two zero against Brady's teams in the Super Bowl, so I have no real complaints. Yeah, and we're one hey, well, yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, you know, if we'd only kicked the ball in bounds, we'd be champions. We had a different story <laughs> a long time ago. Uh, it's Andrew Bunsen, you know, all the rest. But, uh, yeah, congratulations, Mr. Brady. Um, okay, you know, Eric has I, a good it, point about the uh, 2001 Ultimate Ichiro is autograph. So yeah. he does have yes. 2001. Yep. So yep. there are some really cool. And I think that is his only on-card auto that's a true rookie. Because the SPX so. card is like a yeah. – I think it's like a trapped card. It's not on-card, yeah. but it's not a sticker. It was constructed strangely. Absolutely. Well, it is going to be quite interesting. And as Mr. Rich said, congratulations, Mr. Tom Brady. So, guys, uh, we had some – there's been some craziness going on. I guess we'll uh, move on here. And um, there's been a little little bit of craziness going on with a certain company lately. and it's had a lot of people talking. Uh, we had a couple of people mention, um, I know, some comments on some some posts in the Hoppy Hotline Facebook group, which if you aren't a member, please uh, join. But um, there was a lot of talk about uh, Starstock recently. 
um, laying off a lot of employees, uh, really being pretty vague about what every exactly what's going on and what exactly is going to happen when uh, when you guys are when you see this and when you see everything going on over at Starstock, uh, what's your uh, what's your initial reaction to it? Well, my initial reaction is somebody who works for, I'm going to put it in quotations, a competitor to Starstock. I really don't want to say a lot, except for the people who went to work Friday morning and did not come home with jobs that day. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I've been laid off in my life. I've been laid off from hobby jobs in my life. It's not a good feeling to not, you know, to be told you're not coming to work the next day. And that's just on a human level. You don't. I feel really sorry for anybody who, um, you know, went to work and didn't have a job when they came home. And other than that, I really don't have a lot I should say or can say. And in in terms of Troy's comment, that's way above my pay grade. (laughs) And if you think I know a darn thing, guess what? I am at this this point in my life, I stay out of that type of discussion. (laughs) Chris? Okay. Um, I have experience in another life working at a startup. Mm -hmm. 20 years ago, I worked at a startup in the Silicon Valley, and about four months later, um, they went out of business. And the thing is with startup companies is that most of them do fail. Yes. And uh, most of them, even during the best times, uh, most most startups. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do fail. So I, I think this is not to be unexpected. And quite frankly, we've seen a lot of startups in the hobby sprout up over the last two or three years. So um, I don't expect this to be the last one. And I yeah. also worked for a startup in the 1980s, and it was a great concept. It, it was basically baseball reference, football reference, all those references before they all existed. That was basically the goal. And they were 25 years ahead of their time. Before the internet. Later, the internet would have made it work. But we didn't quite have, we had great talent. I mean, many of us are still in the sports, sports field, you know, and we're, you know, and that's pretty amazing that almost 40 years later, many of us made a career and stayed in sports, which, which goes to show how much talent was in the company, but the, and the concept was ahead of its time. So startups at, you know, having worked for a startup that didn't, that didn't succeed, Again, that's why I'm saying I feel sorry for the people who don't have jobs. It <coughs> right. went to work on Friday expecting to come home with a job that day. Yep. It happens. No. And, and the thing is, among like a lot of VC venture capital folks, starting a startup and failing is actually a good thing on your resume. So take that for what you will. Some of these yeah. folks will probably be back. Uh, with a new idea 
and we'll see what well, happens. that's what I was that's what I was about to say. I think I think one thing we're going to see as the hobby grows and continues to evolve is, you know, there were so many of these startups with all these different ideas of how to move cards, how to get cards graded, how to do breaks, how to do everything. And not all of, we knew not all of them were going to be successful. You know, they, they, there's just not, there's not that much room. Exactly. And so... You know, I think it's something that you expect. I think it's something that, a lot, that you know, you had to know that some were going to happen. I, I wouldn't have expected it to be Starstock. They put on a really good front of looking like they were really expanding quite a bit, getting into breaking, getting into a, quite a bit of other stuff, uh, getting their name out there quite a bit. But, you know, all that seems to change. We'll see what we'll see what happens. Off a little bit more than they can chew. So that's where that's where I was leaning. Uh, I thought that instead of adding all that stuff, um, as someone that doesn't work for a competitor and does have a little bit of an opinion on it, um, I thought that they could have spent a lot more time perfecting the model that they had started perfecting the model that they had the idea for the company to begin with because to tell you the truth they didn't there were still a lot of issues and a lot of holes with that i would have worked on that first and then added all the extra stuff but that's just me um troy asked uh, you guys wait <laughs> yeah i wanted to answer that didn't kevin durant put money into this Yes. Um, yes, Kevin Durant and his group did, and there was somebody else that was pretty big. Uh, I'm trying to find out who that is um, right now. Trying to see if now my computer seems to be working, so maybe we can get regular. Kevin uh, Durant also owns five regular camera up here years, too. Which, you know, I am a CEO. Yeah, but I, I do remember that they had a. Uh, well, it was better investments. They had a pretty big investment. Let me see if I can find it. Um, yeah, they had an eight. Let's see. It says they had an eight million investment from. Um, let's see. Anderson Horowitz, a Silicon Valley venture capital firm with Trey Young, Twitch co-founder Justin Kahn, Ryan Spoon, KD, and a couple other people ended up being on board as well. So, yeah, quite Andreessen, a few. Andreessen, one um, of the bigger uh, VC firms in Silicon Valley. It was uh, founded by the guy who uh, started Netscape, mm-hmm. Mark Andreessen. So they had some big money back in them. So, Well, yeah, you know I mean, the guys not, in not, here. Not every one of these the... investments work, works out. So, yeah. No, and, and that's the thing, and that's what I was really getting to was that I think this is just the first one of these companies that we're going to see, you know, uh, ult- unfortunately um, fail. And, you know, just, just because there's not room for all of it, and that's going to happen, unfortunately. And yes, that '70s card show—you can peel that sticker off your Pelly box now. So, yeah, I don't think John has a Pelican case. I don't I think, think so. Really. A fun <laughs> comment. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with Rich on that one as well. Um, uh, I don't remember exactly who Jay Z 
went with exactly. Do you guys remember who Jay Z ended oh. up um, signing with? Because he did uh, invest. Eric with says he went on CSG. I see no reason to to disbelieve yeah. him. I know he definitely it went. Might have been CSG. Uh, I want to say he put money into Rally as well. Yeah, he he was in the somebody one of those, put money uh, into Rally who's famous. I forget who. Yeah. yeah. Remember last year at this time, putting money into cards was the hip thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Gary V said so. Well, it wasn't just Gary V, it was a lot of people. You know, it that you know, we were basically on the up arrow for 13 years without any without any break and nothing goes up forever. The stock market's been about the same way. The stock market's gone up basically for 13 years with just minor breaks and nothing yeah. can go up forever. And that's yeah. something everybody has to remember. Yeah. You know, I, I'm a big believer in business cycle theory and about every eight to 10 years, years. we're due for a recession. So. Yep. No, I would agree. I, I think completely. And as I uh, uh, don't know why that's working, but hold right, on. We're having this more technical a, difficulties. So hang in there. Yeah, there you go. Um, Good job, Drew. Is our as Rich player. said, as Rich says, a lot of companies tried to scale up, not thinking that the bottom might not last. Um, yeah. Um, wow, Mark Anderson's autograph. That's pretty cool, Logan. That's pretty interesting. About Troy's thing about Comsi surviving the recessions. Yeah. There was a couple of years ago before just before the pandemic, Dr. Beckett hosted a dinner, you know, hosted a hobby dinner at his house. Yes. And and I asked him about, you know, because that was when Jason, the president of Upper Deck, I can never pronounce his last name, talked about <laughs> winter right. is coming. And and I said, Tim, you started ComC during the recession. And he says, Yeah, we're built for both the ups and the downs of the business. So right. you know, it, it it was it was a, it was created during a recession. So it's I don't want to say recession proof business, but it's it's a lot closer. Absolutely. Once again, guys, uh, just put the link in the chat. If you've got any questions, comments, or anything along those lines, please feel free to call in. We would love to have you join the show. This is, of course, Hobby Hotline Overtime. We've also got Hobby Hotline on Saturdays. But, um, but yeah, so uh, interesting week in the hobby, to say the least. You build during a downturn, absolutely. And for that 70s card show, I will gladly trade you my 1,200 stock options from that Silicon Valley startup that I worked for 20 years ago for your e-toy stock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, Theodore, I don't know. Uh, I, we could probably do an entire episode on that. I don't know if I'd call it the Junk Wax Air 2.0, but, you know, it all it, that all depends on who you asking at what time, but, um, but guys, we'll move on from start stock and everything along those lines. Uh, Chris, I know you're a big baseball guy. Um, and it's, uh, it's getting close to that time for, well, it's looking at least all the news I read looks like we may not, or at least get a little bit of a delay of a season, but, uh, we're not getting a delay at series one and top no, out a lot of them. 
and we're Series getting a lot of information checklist. regarding it. Yes. Yeah, dropped today, and uh, I spent most of this afternoon processing the checklist for uh, baseballcardpedia.com. So, um, so what are your thoughts on it? 330, uh, it's, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's it's a copy and paste from last year. Um, 330 cards. Uh, still the same kinds of inserts. We get yet another 1987 reprint insert <laughs> like yeah. we did five years ago. And I like know. we did 10 years ago. I mean, yeah. Chris, 19, Why? you know, uh, I forgot his name off the top of my head, but the gentleman who writes for this, Ryan Fagan, who writes for the Sporting News. And he mm -hmm. interviewed me about 1987 tops. He breaks random overproduced error packs, you know, and, and talks about the packs on Twitter. And he says he gets like triple the response to anything from 1987, if he does 86, 87, 88, 87 gives him triple the response. 87 tops gives him the most response of anything. And even if it was 87 Donuts and Fleer, 87 tops would still in the same year, even if Fleer's a better looking card. Fleer's a great looking card in 87. It's tougher. But 87 tops, for whatever reason, and I understand we're tired of looking at the design, but there's a ton of people out there who lap up anything having to do with 1987 tops. So, tops, okay, so you know, the what, what does this have to do with the fact that they made this five years ago and they made it 10 years ago? Popular. I mean, it, it's silly to us. And are we going to have get this, keep getting this every five years? That's fine. I but, mean, because if it's still, if it's popular, you go with what's popular. It's a re, you know, it's, I get your frustration. Trust me when but I say is this. It? I get your My frustration. Question. But I'm well, just basing it on what I see. And I know the Twitterverse isn't the real world verse, but the Twitterverse, 87 Tops smokes anything else from that from the overproduced era. And even if they do it every five years until the world says enough, they'll keep doing it. Because if it's that popular, they'll do it. And I don't, you know, I don't have a problem. I mean, there was a time, 2005, 2006, 2007, it seemed like every time I looked up, Tops was doing Sunset in the 52 top style. Eventually, people see, got tired I, of it and went away. So I was just, eventually will go away. I'm just wondering how popular they truly, really are. Because the, <laughs> the resale value and everything, or the, the demand for them doesn't seem to be there, but yet they do reprint them all the time. I, I, I mean, know, I, but I, it is... Uh, I get that 87 tops is this as this seminal design. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, come on. Well, but for me, it isn't just the fact that there's an 87 tops reprint, right? It's the fact that last year we had an 86 tops reprint. And the mm -hmm. year before we had an 85 tops reprint. And the year before that we had an 84 tops reprint. And the year before that, we had an 83 tops reprint. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And the fact that we had in this year's stadium club, 91 and 92 stadium club reprint inserts. We've had reprints in Finest. We've had reprints in Bowman. Why does every top set have to have a stinking reprint insert. I'm sick of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Is there a wall that I'm not aware of? Tops. One of the things I've always appreciated with Tops 1, and especially when the boxes were more affordable for Tops 1 10, 15 years ago, with the exception of 2007 when the Jeter thing exploded, 2007 Top Series 1, yeah. was that there was always something in the box that was nostalgic and tops one has always been not just a flagship product, but the product that everybody wants to go get because everybody wants the new tops. Yeah, card. I mean, it, it's probably the biggest yeah. selling card it's, it's, product it's of the year. The day, it it double anything else, you know, about 10 years ago, at least it was double anything else for tops one. And you want, and a lot of people just get their tops one each year. So you want to bring things back that those people that bring back the memories. Uh, trust me, yeah, I get as, everybody's frustration that throws up their hands and says, another 87 tops design. Well, it's as Aaron that's says, awesome. not only just those inserts, but the, the creativity level. And it's, it's not limited to just tops, but um, since we're talking about the, the, you know, it obviously mentions that name. And so it's Panini. It's all of them. The, the creativity, I think, uh, reached a very stagnant point where people, where they were happy with. I mean, it, if I see a product I, and I, and I see one year's design, I want the design to be a little different the next year. I don't want it to be the same. I don't want it to be the exact same thing all the time. And a lot of high-end releases, a lot of stuff like this, and a lot of inserts are just re-churned out with very little change, a lot of very similar styles. I mean, there's a couple of products that I can name you that haven't changed at all. Um, Inception, uh, Obsidian, things along those lines. And, you know, the, the... the creativity could definitely be bumped up a notch, I think. Oh, no doubt about no doubt about it. I think you're right. I think everybody fell into a bit of a funk when it came to designs. And, and yeah. I will concede that point 100%. Or I will agree with that point. As you would say, I completely agree. I think <laughs> the design, you know, and for example, though, Upper Deck, when they brought back, you know, some of the 90s FLIR inserts that people love, 
they got the original designers, the I believe the Aryans are their name, to do the designs again for the new product. Yeah. You know, if you're going to get a if you're going to bring back something, you might as well get the original designers to do it and they and they yeah. updated it appropriately. So well, I mean it was just there's I always go back to like the, the Fleer Metal story where they talk about like like back in that era of making cards, when they made the Fleer Metal logo, there wasn't computer animation and stuff like that and photoshop and everything was not advanced like it is today where you could mock that logo up in no time with what you want to do you could do it in no time back then they couldn't do it so they actually had the fleer metal logo made a huge one out of actual metal put it in a massive room and took photos from high high above until they got the actual shot they needed to build the logo so that's a creativity they were going into just to make a logo back in in the 90s. And it seems we can't even get them to go over some basic thing, inserts and change a border nowadays. Another thing, too, about those metal sets is that at the time, Fleer was owned by Marvel Comics. Yes. And they actually brought in some of the Marvel artists to make those cards. Mm-hmm. In fact, they actually, on the back of them, they, they gave the, the artists credit for it. So, Which, speaking of those Marvel cards, man, you want to talk about something that's seeing a resurgence. Those PMGs and metal, and those Marvel medals right now, going through the roof. Um, I mean, it, the Spider-Man Homecoming kind of kicked it off, but they've, they've stayed high, and they've, uh, they seem to be continuing to go up. Something else is a lot of the one on one of one sketch cards and a lot of these art sets. Yeah. A lot of them are super popular. There's, you know, yeah. we're not, I'm not talking Project 2020 right, or, right. or Project 70. I'm talking about, you know, if you have, you know, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom sketch cards, just as a random example, those cards are very, the art sketch cards that are one, one of ones are very popular. Oh, no. And I saw, I, I have expensive. a couple. I've got a couple Star Wars ones that are incredibly expensive uh, that I pulled out of out of boxes of cards just from the last couple of years um, that are incredibly expensive. The sketch cards are absolutely. Um, I think a lot of those, uh, like the, I don't want to call them oddities, but you know the the things you don't see every single day. You know, I think uh, that's something that you're going to see a lot of people chasing after which speaking of uh a story here which guys please got any questions or let it go let it anything go, let it go. please oh. uh let fanatics can choose to so anyway getting back to the 87 tops reprints yes the other thing that i don't it's a stressful like day the internet doesn't want to work no. so you know chris go back to 87 tops why are there a hundred of them in each series there's a hundred in series one. There's another hundred in series two, and there's going to be another hundred in update. I'm fighting. I'm fighting through it, Chris. I don't. I don't get into Topps' world, but you know that may be some of it. We'll call it lack of creativity. Maybe change now. The fanatics owns Topps. You know, there's a few more sets that have to come out that are already in the pipeline that they can't. They can't really make opinions on. Maybe minor adjustments. But I think by June or July, they can start really making those adjustments, you know, and we don't want, you know, as we as a hobby, part of us wants 
I'm going to use the term cutter sets and part of a stunt. And, you know, there, there is something about continuity in products that's good, but there's also, if it gets too boring and too continuity, you say, oh, these again? You know, in the mid-90s, uh, when Pinnacle was doing all their sets, you know, it was almost a running joke. They would have base sets of 90 cards or 100 cards. Yeah. And you could you could predict 97 of those 100 cards in each base set. Yeah. You know, they were, going to they be were the all same. the same set. And, you know, and so there's something about boringness, too, that's good and bad at the same time. There's nothing wrong with, in those days, getting another John Elway card, but you might want it to get a deeper set so you not only get John Elway, but you get the backup. Which, no, it wasn't. <laughs> Kubiak. Yeah, and by the way, I remember the back in the day, even before he became a coach, Kubiak only has, you know, has like one rookie card. I forgot if it was Tops or Fleer or Update in, or in 1990 or 89. And somebody once wrote Dr. Beckett like a four-page letter about why that card was so undervalued because he has like no more cards for three years after that. And it's his only rookie card. And he was popular. So, you know, there are, there are stuff, there is stuff like that out there. There are hidden gems, even in the overproduced era. But I do agree with you that that there are people that just get frustrated with the same design year after year after year. And it's not just the the rep the the repetition. Yes, yeah. the bloat. I mean, how many fifty and a hundred card insert sets does a product need? Well, one of the things with Tops is, you know, they they want to have an insert card in every pack. Panini wants to have something like that in, I'll call it, all their base products. So you want to have some sort of a deeper mix so you don't open the pack and get nine of this, nine of that, nine of that, nine of that. You know, you want to have maybe a one per box, maybe a two per box, maybe a four per box, you know, maybe one every two packs. You know, you work out the math on those, but that's why you do get a wider variety of insert sets. And that's and that's designed by, by the product managers because, and again, I'm just talking about back in the day, maybe 10 years ago, when boxes were more reasonably priced. And the guys at, you know, the guys at Panini, if it was an $80 box, you wanted to feel good, even if you didn't get a Tom Brady autograph, you wanted to feel good about getting get your box. And if you were getting... 12 inserts, six parallels, and a couple hits per, you know, per box. You felt good about opening an $80 box. Plus, you were getting the base cards. And, you know, you want to feel good about opening a box. And so I don't have a problem with a wider amount of sets. But I will tell you that last year, for example, I can't tell you how many parallel cards there are of a 2021 Tops cards except to say, if I have a 21, 20, uh, 2021 Tops card, let's let's just say Mike Trout number 100, there are probably 50 different versions of that yeah. card. At some point, there is over. That, that, that's ridiculous. And the thing is, most of those, those numbered parallels, because there are so many of them, they're not going to hold their value that much. No, but that, that's what I was talking about. When the boxes were $80, you didn't care if the parallels didn't hold their value. You know, sixty, seventy, eighty dollars, because at a dollar a piece, you're still recouping some of your initial cost. And if you hit a decent autograph, then you're get, or a decent exactly. relic card, you're ten or fifteen dollars back. 
And that's only if you're reselling. And if you're not reselling, you, you've still felt better. So I don't have a real problem with a deeper assortment of insert cards. Because as I said, it makes it a little more fun for the collector when the boxes are reasonably priced. Well, I, I think the problem is that there are just too many cards to collect. Well, if you're, a, if you're a master set Hopefully that will settle down too. As, as I was saying, as Drew was coming back on, we both yes. agree that if there was a 2021 Tops Mike Trout card, you don't want 50 different versions of that card. No. I know, yesterday, I know yesterday we just added a, a product in Tom, at ComC of 2021 Tops UK. And the cards look the same. Yeah. I mean, that's another version. The numbering may be different, but how many do we need? Well, it always the comment that sticks with me that Brody said uh, on the show just a couple weeks ago that by the time update hit this year, he was sick and tired of tops and didn't even care about update because the design is pounded down your throat so much. So and last year's tops design was frankly horrible. Yeah, when you need a magnifying glass to look at the name and look at the card number. That's a yeah. very bad combo right there. You know, make the numbers and the names readable. <laughs> or one or the other. <laughs> no, I completely agree with you there. So let me ask you something, Rich. You, you mentioned Tops UK. Who is? Who do you think this is for? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> is it really one? for baseball fans in the UK? Because I'm not even sure these people exist. They, they, they do exist. There are I mean, some, what but I've read, it's really not, to, not a huge to carry a product, or is this really more for group breakers in America? I'm not sure. And giving them something to, to rip. I'm not sure. I just know that I see products pop up, and I shake my head sometimes. I mean, you know, yeah. we, you know we, we monitor, obviously, everything new that comes out, you know, to get it into our database. And, I mean, sometimes I just shake my head as to – Hey, what's this? And then you look it up. Oh, okay, that's a new product. So I mean, I I mean, Brody had tops product fatigue. I just have product fatigue. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I think uh, I think we all do. I think a whole lot of people do right now. Um, no, no, yeah, UK for Kentucky. Well, DH has a great point that NFL cards for the UK would make much more sense. You know, the NFL is the one that is really trying to build that overseas presence. You would think Panini would try and do something while they had it with. And Panini is huge with their soccer stuff in England. It's a natural. I mean, that's what's so interesting. It's huge. I mean, you know. I, I've talked to him a couple of times. Craig Lansdowne wrote a book about Panini's 60th. It's his second, basically, Panini book. And he had a lot of success with it. I mean, and he talked about over the years in this book. And the first book was like a history of sticker collections. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Panini, and he's in England. And he has no trouble getting information on Panini. So, and, you know, he, and I granted, soccer's not American football. We'd have to call it American football. But... I'm 100% like, I never understood that, why Panini didn't do an English set. I mean, that, that, unless the NFL said don't, I'm shocked. I mean, right. they, they make, they've made NBA sets for the Asian market, so why can't they make an NFL set for yeah. the UK market? 
Yeah. I mean, could you imagine a Prism UK set? Yeah. Right. There you go. Print that money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Print that money. Got that right. Don't put it by him. But I mean, I I really do think, and I think that's a really good point and, uh, about the NFL that DH brought up. Uh, love the screen name, by the way. Um, but uh, but I think that that's um you know. I think it's something that they should be exploring, especially like you said, with the influx of the international market, which we're about to see a lot of uh, influx in, from that international market, especially with soccer coming up. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of fun stuff happening. Oh, soccer's huge. I mean, you know, I was getting requests at every single Dallas card show for soccer cards. Yep. You know, everybody oh, would ask, do you have any soccer cards? I sort of just... And I know Chris is a huge soccer fan. Yeah. So yeah, I, I know. You know, I, I sort of chuckled a little. Just got I my am. just got my season ticket today. So I'm a huge soccer fan. So I mean, I did. That's all my mail's been lately is soccer. Got uh, got in my opinion the best card to get in the hobby right now. Cherokee PSA ten. Uh, Who's that of? I'm sorry. Ryan Cherokee. Oh. P- it's uh, his only rookie that he has, PSA ten yeah. on under uh, under three thousand pop. Only rookie that he has. Might as well get it. Only and, three thousand pop right, the World of the Cup's card coming total in, coming in about two. Uh, actually, this year. Do, we'll yeah. This year. Here, so yep. So they'll be an even more boom because soccer will be worldwide. Oh yeah, no, it's going to be huge. The 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 boom this year in soccer is going to be incredible, and it's and it's coming very soon. As soon as you hear Panini utter those words and start putting the words "Road to the World Cup" on their products, you start to see a massive uptick in products. And the first one just came out, so I mean, it's (laughs) it's it's that time, and I think you're going to see some major increases in it. But that's just me and myself. So, all right, guys. Well, we do have just a couple uh, couple minutes here before uh, we end this episode. Apologies for the crazy electricity. If my power would stop uh, going on and off, then we wouldn't have had those issues. Apologies for that. But, uh, but yeah. So, um, one other thing. I, I don't know if there was anything that you guys wanted to touch on. Um, but one thing that I saw that was pretty cool, I wanted to see if you guys saw and what you thought of it, was the uh, Benny Montgomery Bowman autos, um, where he signed one of them as Borat uh, instead of instead of his own name. Now, if you look at his social media channels, he he does a lot of funny Borat like themed baseball videos where he dresses up as Borat. So there's kind of like a connection to why he wrote it. But and then on all the ones that he messed up on, he put different personalized inscriptions on to make the cards nice because he felt bad that the autos were so bad. Um, I was just wondering if you guys saw those um, and, you know, what you thought about an athlete doing that and everything with the autos, because I thought it was awesome. I have not seen that, but I'm all in favor of anybody doing innovative things. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's really really cool that he did that. And so... You know, and I think that's in a weird way that adds value because if I want to get his autographs, I may say I want to try to get all his different, all his different ways or most of his different ways of getting an autograph. So that's, that's kind of cool. And it, you know, 
you know, yeah, and, I thought... and that, that goes back a long time when when we first had certified autographs with Upper Deck in yeah. 1990. And, you know, Reggie Jackson put, I, I forgot if it was 536 homers or number 44 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Every 50 or 100 cards, every one, every, every one of those cards had a notation. Right. So, hey, it's something that goes back to the very early days of autograph, you know, certified autographs on cards. And I'm fine with that. That, that, that. that adds some joy. That adds some excitement. And frankly, that adds some value. Yeah. No, ab- absolutely it does. Um, there's already bounty. Now, Benny Montgomery, apparently, I don't do too much chasing on prospecting in baseball. Um, I wait till they're pretty much, you know, if they're not going through the crawdad system and I'm not watching them, then unless I, I normally hear about them too late. But apparently he's got potential, pretty good, pretty good bat. Um, first round pick, right? Yeah, first round pick. Um, has a lot of potential, and the Rockies seem to love him a lot. So th- that adds even more value. I mean, if you're chasing this guy, there's already bounties popping up for it. I've seen three different uh, breakers at- having bounties on any inscribed and then the Borat card. My question is, and I think it would be messed up, but kind of funny also at the same time, is, you know, Tops does have quality control. Do they pull them? Do they leave them? You know, do they? <laughs> Probably not. Oh, yeah. just leave them. Let the collector, you know. Chris now, we, I have seen this. one pulled, so I, they did leave some. So I would, I would hope Chris they left all. Chris was about how things were boring with all the Tops products. Yes, exactly. Whatever you can do something to generate interest, it's worth doing. So yes. they're smart not to pull those cards. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I hope I hope they didn't and I hope they're in there. But um I thought it was I thought it was pretty interesting and something pretty cool that uh you mm-hmm. know and by the way, one other thing. Benny Montgomery has his only true rookie card in Bowman's best, so <laughs> I don't want to well, bring so he joins Wander Franco yeah. in that world. Yeah, and, there and you go. Like, there's, There's like, like five, half a dozen like first-round draft picks that are in Bowman's best. Yeah. So, and of course that broke just thirty-first. <laughs> Very nice. 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 And be- before we close, you know, I'm yes. getting to the age where I start losing my friends, and I had a horrible day last Thursday. I lost two friends of mine on on Thursday. One was a longtime dealer I've known for more than 30 years. In fact, he was set up with me in the Starlight Room just a couple at the Dallas show, show just a couple weeks ago. And he had a great store in Albuquerque, New Mexico, that we all visited once in 1996. And we were talking before the show because we were coming back from the National in Anaheim. And we to get every all the analysts out there, we took Southwest Airlines where it was cheaper. And we had a four-hour layoff in Anna in Albuquerque, and we had dinner with him, and we went to his store, and it was really cool. And Jim Bubba Bennett, Bubba's bullpen, baseball bullpen. And uh, I woke up last Thursday morning about 5 a.m. to see a note from his daughter that he had passed. And I never, and because I sold out, I never got the chance to even say see you next show, where it was fun catching up again. I just left because I didn't want to deal with that money in my pocket. And I, you know, so I, so in a sense, I never got to say goodbye to Bubba. And then uh, my dear friend, Dave Slipka, his wife who had been battling a terrible disease called Huntington's disease, passed away that uh, Thursday afternoon. 
And Huntington's disease is like Alzheimer's squared. It's horrible. It's something mm-hmm. terrible. And Dave, to his credit, always, you know, did whatever he could for his, his wife, Beverly Blair Slipka. And, and, you know, and I'm going to go to the funeral or the gravesite service uh, this weekend. It was originally going to be Thursday, Friday, but it was pushed back because of the weather. And, you know, anytime you lose a friend, all the loss diminishes us. So both of them, may you rest in peace. And thank you both for all the joys, either directly or indirectly, you brought to the hobby. Yes, uh, very, very, very well said. And uh, sorry for your loss, Rich. Um, yes. No, that's tough for sure. All right, y'all. Well, uh, on that note, we are going to wrap up this episode of Hobby Hotline Overtime. Of course, every Ooh, single Tuesday gosh. night at 9 p.m. And then this Saturday, we will have another episode of Hobby Hotline with a brand new cast of characters coming your way. So make sure to uh, check out all the shows, catch up on past episodes up on YouTube and on all your podcast platforms if you like to listen as opposed to watch uh, video all the time. But thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight. Uh, Chris, Rich, always a pleasure, guys. And keep on rocking in the free world. That's what I was waiting on. (laughs) See y'all later. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of Hobby Hotline, the live interactive show, which takes place Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, and now on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. As I said, they are live and interactive uh, on YouTube and Facebook, and uh, you can follow us uh, on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Just uh, search Hobby Hotline. We'll come up, give us a follow, like, and subscribe, and you'll be notified when we go live, you can call into the live show, come on the screen, uh, talk with us, uh, give your opinion, or ask a question, and we really do appreciate that interactiveness. I uh, want to thank all involved with this show, all social media content creators, whether they were on this episode or not. I want to acknowledge uh, all those folks. So in no particular order, we have Sue's. From Cardboard Chat, Car Chat, Deafness45, Jeff Dinson, John Newman from Sports Card Nation, Hobby Quick Hits, Drew Herndon from Let Me Get That Potograph, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. From NASCAR Radio, we have Val Mars, Logan Ward, and Jason Martin. Women of the Hobbies, Sam Schuford, Stale Gums, Chris Harris, Texas Card Dude, Brad Bethune. One Million Cubs, Bo Thompson, Uncle Rich Klein, Adam Palmer from Heroes for Sale, from YouTube, Baseball Collector, Mike Moynihan, Ryan Nolan from Breakout Cards, Upper Decks, Chris Carlin, Hobby Life's Brody the Kid, and you, whether you watched us live, called in the show, or downloaded the audio. Without you, the show doesn't exist. We appreciate you. Thank you, and we'll see you soon. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.